It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. got some news uh friday was the last practice it was closed to us uh but you know tom's tom's got people so where are we at how was spring and where is purdue football going names we need to watch what the portal looks like portal's crazy right now man i was just reading today for all the hype around Deion sanders he just lost his spring games number one wide receiver he had a four-star corner just decommit Somebody just sent me this. I had a buddy just sent me this headline right here. Colorado had 14 scholarship players enter the transfer transfer portal today. Uh huh. Maybe that's the downside to showing up and telling everybody that he was going to bring in all these people. If you don't like it, leave. Maybe look. I just think in the portal area you could do this stuff, but at the same time. Maybe it's not wise to roll in and tell everybody that uh, you may be losing your jobs whether you like it or not, so maybe you want to leave now. can have a negative impact. Just a little bit. I'm sure they'll be fine. Still, it's crazy out there. Let's get started with uh, everything we need with the need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. Purdue football. I mean, I called it. I believe I've said this name before on the program, too. And I like what they've done here. Uh, To honor the legacy of Joe Tiller, Drew and Brittany Breeze have personally committed to matching dollars to uh, thank and recognize those who support future enhancements to Ross 8 Stadium by contributing to the new Tiller Tunnel naming initiative on Purdue's Day of Giving, which is coming up on Wednesday. Tiller Tunnel. I mean, they've got the, uh, the, the naming of it and everything, too, but it looks cool. You should check out PurdueSports.com. Uh, they do have the uh, rendering for it, and uh, bravo, bravo! It's a uh, it's about time we got something on our coach Tiller at the stadium. Uh, I get it's not something you just do overnight. I only got the Tiller weight, all that stuff, but uh, this is appropriate. I like it. Let's go. Rough Saturday at the Women's Big Ten Golf Championships, but the Boiler strong on Sunday. Mogo uh, Momo Sugiyama. Finishes 13th for the Boilers. Uh, Ashley Kozlowski, uh, 20th overall. The team finishes in 8th place. Uh, They will await an NCAA regional berth. The NCAA selection show is April the 26th, which is Wednesday, 1 p.m. on the Golf Channel. Rubber Game Slugfest, uh, which saw bullpen surrender combined 12 runs on 11 hits. Purdue Baseball unable to complete the comeback. 10-8 the loss at Maryland on Sunday. Mike Bolton Jr. ties the career record for stolen bases for the program with his 70th. That is a record that has uh, largely stood 
since 1991. I don't know why I said largely, but I mean, it, it, it's been there since 91 at Purdue, which is, let's face it, pretty darn impressive. So, we'll keep an eye out for when he breaks it. I'm sure it'll probably be this weekend. Uh, that's when they will uh, head on out, and uh, they're going to be home on Tuesday, actually. Valparaiso. Probably watch him break it there. First pitch, Alexander Field, 6 p.m., $3 midweek matchup. Uh, by the way, he's 70 for 80 in his career in stolen bases. That's pretty good. Uh, after they took the opening game at Ohio State, Purdue softball uh, loses the last two, including Sunday's 9-0 in five innings game. Uh, up next for the Purdue Boilermakers, they travel to Michigan State, second to last weekend of the regular season. Uh, they'll take on the Spartans starting at 5 o'clock on Friday, 1 o'clock Saturday and Sunday in East Lansing. Cubs struggled to beat the Dodgers over the weekend. Yesterday's loss comes 7-3 as Mookie Betts drove in four and he had a homer. Uh, it was the story of a long weekend for Chicago. They'd entered the series already 2-1 and one against the Dodgers but were one of the, and were one of the top-hitting teams in Major League Baseball. That didn't show up outside their 13-0 victory on Saturday. If you take out that performance, the Cubs didn't hit better in a game against the Dodgers this weekend than 194. To make matters worse, they've lost ground in the NL. The Pirates are an absolute wagon right now. They're the best record in the National League. Did not have that. They've won seven in a row. Hottest team in baseball right now. They lead the division over the Brewers by a half game heading into the Dodgers series. They were both sitting at two and a half back from the Brew crew. Now the Cubs hit three back on the Pirates. Uh, Cubs did get some positive news, though, on the pitching front. Kyle Hendricks could be back soon. The professor, who hasn't thrown since July the 5th, uh, had a three-inning simulated game over the weekend in Arizona. That reportedly went well. He's going to look to bounce back from a poor 2022 Injuries, uh, high ratio of hits, homers allowed, and uh, his highest ERA for a season as well. No timetable, though, official for his return. White Sox lost their fourth in a row after they got swept by the Rays yesterday 4-1. to That's losses in nine of their last 11, just three hits for the Sox. They sit in the uh, bottom third of Major League Baseball in most hitting categories. Their starting pitching is 27th in ERA. Their bullpen ERA is 28th. And uh, this is probably not going to help heading up to Toronto tonight where the Blue Jays have both Matt Chapman and Vladdy Jr. in the top eight of Major League hitters right now. Bo Bichette sitting at 11th in average. So, yeah, this uh, this is not great because Lance Lynn supposed to start yesterday. They flipped his start with Lucas Giolito as uh, he'll take the mound here tonight. He's going to take on Chris Bassett. Uh, Bassett with a 5.40 ERA, 2-2 two and two on the season, and uh, just 17 strikeouts and 21 and two-thirds. He's given up five homers on the season. Lance Lynn was not good his last time out. Um, he's 2-3 and three lifetime in 10 meetings against the Jays. Uh, he got roughed up for five runs and 10 hits and walked three in five and a third against the Phillies last Tuesday. He's been getting shelled by lefties in particular. There's uh, three in the lineup tonight for Toronto. And when we get back after it with our friends with DraftKings tonight, I think that's what I want to target in Major League Baseball. Uh, It's going to be these lefties 
That'll be taking on Lance Lynn. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be short on confidence tonight or not. Does he bounce back? It's not been a good campaign for him so far. Opened up against Houston. Two earned runs, a homer on uh, what three hits, five and two-thirds. Wasn't terrible. Then he hosts San Francisco. Four and a third, gave up eight runs on nine hits, three homers. The rebound game for that was supposed to be at Minnesota. He gave up two homers in that one, three earned in six innings, but struck out ten. Goes to Philadelphia, and I told you, he got roughed up for five earned on ten hits. Didn't give up a home run for the first time all season in that one uh, either. So he sits at a 7-5-9. Has not been good against left-handers, as I told you here. Uh, lefties this season against Lance Lynn. 342 with four homers compared to 302 and two homers uh, against righty. So he hadn't been great. 42 batters, and he's given up 342 to them. So if you're looking at left-handers tonight against uh, the White Sox, you've got three. Varsho is never faced him. Brandon Belt is four for 11 lifetime. That's 364. He's also got a walk, two strikeouts, no homers. Chapman, who we told you has been very good, is a righty. He's got two homers uh, in 17 at-bats against Lance Lynn. And our good buddy there, old Kevin Kiermeyer, at the bottom of the lineup there, is hitting 375 uh, lifetime. And he's doing pretty good. I think he's about like 300 right now uh, at the bottom of the lineup. He's 375 lifetime against Lance Lynn, 348. Uh, no homers there. Uh, Bo Bichette, we have him, what, 11th overall, is just 3 of 11, so that's 273. Vladdy Jr. lifetime is 3 for 12, 2 RBIs, and 3 walks with 4 strikeouts against Lynn. So uh, I'm looking at uh, maybe like a little hit parlay here with Varsho, Belt, and Kiermaier. If that is the final lineup for tonight, uh, you got three guys there, uh, two of which have a good history against him. We know that Lance Lynn has been bad against lefties. You know, Varsho's kind of like a uh, a little bit of a wild card there since uh, we don't really you know, don't have anything to work off of. But I think that's enough really good data for you tonight to uh, be able to use. Don't forget those MLB same-game parlays on uh, on DraftKings. You'll get a boost for the additional legs that you add. So, for instance, if you wanted to take the Blue Jays tonight, minus 165. We add in Kiermaier, we add in Varsho, and we add in Belt. That gets us to 475 right there. You can use your bonus. That's five legs, gets us an extra 25%, and we're almost 6-1 to one on the money there. So there you go. Put that together. Hockey tonight. Um, yesterday was a real good hockey. Last week was uh, most of my hockey guys that I followed, even the NBA guys, had been complaining that it was a, a rough handicapping week. Uh, there are several NHL games tonight. I appreciate the the classic goaltender shots on goal or saves parlay. 
those tend to do pretty decently for me. Um, if you want to go that route, boy, uh, I'll tell you what. I gotta, I, I really need to crunch the numbers a little bit tightly on this. So forget I went, forget I went into goaltenders. Just forget I went into goaltenders. Here's what you can do though. You want to bet on your good buddy Patrick Kane to get a point tonight. That is boosted to plus 100. Uh, also a plus 200 odd surge on the first goal scorer in Vegas and Winnipeg. I, I could give you somebody, but I'll tell you what. I've been the king of like, they score the second one. I don't know. Mark Stone plus fourteen hundred. March Assault maybe at plus thirteen hundred. I'll take one of those guys. There you go. Pick one of those. Add the two hundred. There you go. Those are our picks for today. Best of luck. Uh, hopefully we've uh, targeted some winners. We're gonna take a break. Tom Dean Hart's gonna join in this next from GoldenBlack.com. What has happened uh, over the spring for Purdue? What is going to happen? For uh, the rest of the spring for Purdue, Tiller Tunnel, and more. We're going to talk to Tom Deanhart. He's next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. One- hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead Hotline. We are going to bring in a contributor for GoldenBlack.com, our good buddy, my football spiritual advisor, Tom Deanhart is uh, on with us here. Tom, hey, great to have you back on the uh, program. And uh, we picked a pretty good day to do this here, too, because I'll tell you what, this news that just came out from Purdue, I know you alluded to it, I, I guess correctly, last week. But Tiller Tunnel, uh, I-, I thought, was a, a tremendous move by the uh, athletic department, the football program. Uh, I love that uh, he got that name, and it just it feels like it fits. Yeah, nice way to honor the all-winningest coach of Purdue, Jared. You know, um, I believe there's a street that runs along the north zone. This, this, uh, this move, this, this killer tunnel, obviously is more substantive, substantive and more significant. So, yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you, Jared. It's nice to see this happen. And you got to give a lot of credit uh, to Drew Brees and his wife. Obviously, they're uh, they're going to they're going to match contributions uh, during Purdue's Day of Giving them to help make this a real possibility. So again, we'll see uh, Ryan Walters' first ever Purdue team there run out of the Tiller Tunnel on September second against Fresno State. So go get your party ready and plan now. All right, well, Tom, we know that uh, the spring practices have wrapped up. It was a busy weekend on Saturday, one that, you know, the public didn't get to get into. Um, I think we all understand that it's probably not really a great finished product right now. Maybe it's just not ready for public eyes on top of that. But uh, it it was uh, another uh, loaded spring practice, especially from a recruitment angle. I mean, you listed a whole bunch of stuff on goldenblack.com. A guy's there. I I don't know how you keep track of this, but, I mean, that is a – the amount of recruits that they're having in, I feel like is kind of, it, it seems unprecedented, Tom. I, I don't think in the past, even, you know, with the Braum era, I would see just this many, this this large amount of kids come through and get a taste of Purdue football. Uh, how, how was the weekend from that aspect first? Yeah, you're right. This is more than the Brahms have had in recent years. Uh, just overall this spring, Jared, as far as recruits coming in. 2024 recruits, of course, seniors-to-be, and then a lot of 2025 kids as well, the guys who will be juniors next year. 
Jared, even some 2026 kids Oof. who are who are freshmen and will be sophomores next. So there's some pretty good looking quarterbacks in this state. A kid at Decatur Central and a kid at Lawrence Central are our quarterbacks that will just be sophomores this year that they're already sort of looking at. So yeah, you got all those high school kids that have been walking through a walking through a spring football practices watching. And then, of course, too, Jared, uh, you know, the transfer portal kids, they're, they're coming in for official visits as well. And Bruce had some pretty uh, in-demand portal guys uh, come through campus as well this spring. Well, let's stay with the portal because this, uh, this thing is getting kind of out of control. I, I talked about at the top of the show that even uh, Hollywood guys like Deion Sanders are not uh, immune to this. I, his top uh, wide receiver from the spring game put up the touchdown and 100-plus yards and said, I'm out of here. I know he had a big decommit. They said something like 14 guys in the portal today for Colorado with all that attention and everything they got going on. I mean, nobody seems uh, immune to this. Now, everybody also is taking advantage of this, Tom. So uh, what does the portal look like for Purdue going forward? Uh, How many more names do you expect maybe to jump in? and, And what are the portal needs that Purdue is going to need here over the summer? Yeah, when spring practice closed, Purdue had a total of 11 guys who had gone in the portal and remained there. Uh, and that number is going to increase, Jared. Ryan Walters is, is meeting um, is meeting with players, supposed to be this afternoon as we speak. I think the meetings have already started. I think a lot of conversations are taking place. Some decisions are being made. And, you know, names I'm sure are going to be entered in the portal here soon. And They'll be in there for two days before. Uh, I mean, they they have two days before they appear in the portal. But again, just just again, don't be shocked, Jerry, if you see eight, nine, or maybe even ten boilermakers end up in the portal here before it's all said and done. So, yeah, this is a very much a, a football team like a lot of them with a lot of moving parts as we speak. They're going into the portal, Tom. We're assuming because it's just listen. This is the way they're going to run the offense. This is the way they're going to run the defense, and and maybe this isn't a good home for these folks, or is it, do you get the sense that there's some names out there that perhaps they've heard some dollar signs, perhaps somebody has yeah. accidentally dialed the wrong number and just happened to get a guy and just happened to say, you know what I mean? Is is there an NIL thing here that's getting some of these guys to go, or do you just feel like this is it's a new regime, it's a new outlook and all this kind of stuff, um, and, and maybe this just isn't the place for them right now going forward? Yeah, I think it's more the latter, Jared. Um, now we could see some surprise guys going to portal. I'm not, I'm not aware of any uh, uh, guys who are really expected to be significant contributors. Um, but again, I think it's more case too. And Jared, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's a rule on the books that goes back to 2017 that allows all first-year head coaches to essentially, Jared, you know, tell anybody they want that they no longer have a scholarship. And they've got three semesters to do it. So, um, you know, there may be some of that. I can't say for sure going on, but I'm sure conversations are going to be had where they're going to sit guys down and, and just say, look, with the schemes we're running here, we don't think you're a real good fit for, for what we're trying to do on offense or defense or whatever your, whatever your position is. And um, I'm sure sometimes they'll be allowed to stay, but other times maybe they will be encouraged to go, Jared. And if they are, I'm sure Purdue would do all it can to try to, you know, find a, a next home for for guys who do enter the portal. Talking with Tom Deanhart at GoldenBlack.com here on our Hammerhead Hotline. All right, so outside recruitment in the portal, they did have the final practice on Saturday. 
Um, how did that go? What did you hear about that? Um, and, and just kind of recap what you know is uh, what went on over the weekend here for Purdue football. Well, again, it's sort of more of the same. As you talked about, we didn't get to watch much of spring, any spring practice, Jared, maybe four, five, six periods at the very beginning. Uh, mostly that was warm-up stuff and just drill work. So we didn't really see much live action as far as scrimmages go. Um, but basically, you know, you, you realize and, and can sense there is a new vibe around the program. It's such a young staff, Jared. And it seems to be a much more loose atmosphere, if you will. I think that's something that stands out. And a real common theme as well has just been the, the, the per- persistent praise of Hudson Card. No matter who you talk to, it's all been glowing about Hudson Card. And I guess that's a good thing, right? Because mm-hmm. without a doubt, he, he holds the biggest key to produce success this year. He's got he's to play well and he's got to stay healthy. So those, those have been two of the bigger things I've noticed, just the new vibe and the and in the praise of Hudson Card that have really stood out throughout this, the, the totality of spring practice. We're talking with Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com on our Hammerhead hotline. Um, I, I want to get into a comment, and I know I discussed it on the show last week that Coach Walters had made on, a, uh, on an Indianapolis uh, radio station interview uh, about getting more alumni to donate to the – kind of joked around, facilities are great, I need them to donate yeah. to the Alliance – I I was kind of taken back by that a little bit because you don't hear coaches really uh, flat out say that. That's kind of the quiet part that he said out loud. Uh, I was a little shocked. I know it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, there is some truth behind that. Did you hear about those comments? And if you did, what did you think about when you heard that? Yeah, it was refreshing to hear him speak honestly. And he gets it, Jared. You know, he's, he's a younger coach, again, 37 years old. He knows the new world order of college athletics involves having a robust collective if you want to be good. So I think Ryan Walters is going to be behind the Boilermaker Alliance all he can to make this thing work. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, that's, you know, facilities are nice, Jared, but it doesn't do any good to have a big sparkly stadium and a shiny scoreboard if you don't have good players. So um, a lot of times it's crazy the money these teams spend on their, their practice facilities and their, their locker rooms and the other accoutrements in these training rooms are better than the NFL teams. <laughs> yeah. oh, they got flight simulators going in the Auburn one. Like, I don't, I don't, the recording studios, well, I don't know what they need that stuff for. But, heck, you know, you got the SEC money, yeah. I guess. You might as well, you know, put it in. Um, again, and- <laughs> my, my point is that money should go to players. There's, there's no need. These, these facilities are better than NFL facilities uh, at, at Auburn and some of these schools. And, that money should be directed toward NIL endeavors, I think, and smart schools do that. I mean, again, facilities are good. you got to have nice ones up to a point, but it gets excessive here. And, again, uh, like it or not, and a lot of people don't like it, NIL's here to stay, and uh, I'm not sure what, what it's going to evolve to, but unless you embrace it, uh, your program is probably going to struggle. Well, Tom, there may be a few Boilermakers with a few extra uh, you know, dollars in their pocket come uh, the end of the weekend here. The NFL draft is coming up starting on Thursday. I have been very loud in saying that you cannot trust anybody uh, saying anything for at least the rest of this week uh, because it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And then there's the, uh, I, I think what they're doing to CJ Stroud right now coming out and releasing info is kind of, I mean, it's that dirty politics of trying to get the guy that you want without having to, to, to move with it. But 
Uh, thankfully, none of that stuff has involved Boilermakers right now. Um, you wrote, I think you think that uh, a corner could be going off the board for Purdue first. Everybody loves Chuck Sizzle. I, I feel like that's a guy that's going to get scooped up, and uh, whoever scoops him up, they're, they're going to get rave reviews for that, though. But uh, talk a little bit about the latest that you've been hearing about Purdue's uh, potential draftees. Is there anybody there uh, that you think maybe – I don't think we have a round one guy here, maybe not a round two, but you know, we get in that second day, third day. Uh, who are some of the guys you're hearing about right now, and, and where might we expect some of those Boilermakers to go? Yeah, round one is on Thursday, and Friday's rounds two and three. And on Saturday, it finishes up with rounds four to seven. And I don't think we're going to see any Boilermaker take until Saturday between rounds four and seven. I could be wrong. I, I do think the first Boilermaker off the board is going to be the cornerback, Corey Trice. Six foot three, about 215. He ran real well in Indianapolis, too, Jared. So, with that size and that speed, and he played a lot of Purdue, uh, the NFL loves cornerbacks, and I think they, they like Corey Trice. So, and I think Charlie Jones may be the second guy to go. Um, led, led the country in contested catches. We saw it with our very eyes what he can do, the production. Uh, the toughness, the speed, he ran well in Indianapolis as well. Plus, Jerry, he can run the back punts and kickoffs, which adds to his value. So I think he'll probably be the second boiler taken. And then you got Aiden O'Connell and Payne Durham. Um, again, uh, I think O'Connell, some, someone's going to fall in love with O'Connell. I think he'll go, and I think Durham will as well. I guess the one guy I'm not sure will get drafted is Jalen Graham, the, the linebacker. Um, uh, again, um he does a lot of good things, but he may end up being a priority free agent. And I think if he does go, it's going to be in that, in that seventh round. But, again, there's a chance all five guys could get picked, but for sure I think four will. I feel bad. Payne Durham, they keep on talking about this is like such a deep. I see all these GMs talk about how deep this tight end class is, and uh, I feel a little bit bad for Payne. It's like that's not the year that you want to be coming out here is when they talk about the depth of it. You'd rather it be a little slim pickings. It's usually – uh, some you know an extra zero or something in the paycheck, uh, but uh, I I like his chances too. I, I think this is, seems like a pretty solid group here, uh, Tom. That even if they don't get picked up there on Saturday, the phones are you know definitely going oh, to be yeah. ringing if they don't get picked up on Saturday about uh, you know coming on those uh, undrafted free agent, uh, which we see plenty of guys play their way on the squads that way. Yeah, sometimes you're better off not getting drafted and, and just signing with the team that that fits your needs the best and where there's where there's not that much competition. So, yeah, um, we, we, every year we see guys move from undrafted free agents to making rosters, sometimes to being starters and very significant players during their career. And that could be the case for, for a couple of these Boilermakers. And, yeah, Payne Durham, I was talking to somebody today that was on the former staff, and, and they think that Durham's going to be in the league for a long time. Um, uh, special teams guy. And um, we know he can catch the football. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can block. He's tough. He's smart. He, I think he's going to be a late-round pick. And who knows, Jared, he could end up being the guy of all these five players who has the longest NFL career. It's funny how that uh, works out like that. Uh, last question before I let you go, because I know you you knew that George Karloftis was going to be in town. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all over the weekend? Because uh, – I know you'd mentioned that he was probably going to be back yeah. for that uh, spring game. You get to talk to him, and did you, uh, you know, what did he have to say about that first year? I didn't talk to him. I saw him. I just shook his hand and said hello on Saturday. I did talk to George back in like February, uh, not long after the Super Bowl. I did a story with him on our website, and 
sort of talked about a lot of those things his first year in the NFL, you know, how that went, just a whole variety of topics at that point. But, no, I didn't get a chance to have any extended conversation with him on Saturday. But he was he was over there strolling the sidelines, the Mollenkopf taking selfies, shaking hands, signing autographs. You can tell what a, what a 12 months it's been for Carl Office, you know, going from first-round draft choice and then, of course, 12 months later, you're a Super Bowl champ. And the kid just turned, uh, I think, 22 years old uh, a few weeks ago. So life's good for George Carl Office. I think I was serving tables at 22, which is, you know, I'm not downplaying it, but I, if I had a choice between serving the tables and uh, Super Bowl champion, Tom, I think I'd go to Super Bowl champion. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, what a ride, you know. It came out a year early, and just a special guy who uh, I think the one thing I always think of when I think of Carl Loftus is driven, how single-minded he is and how he didn't stray from his goals. And, sure, he's very talented as well, but, again, that drive and that determination and that focus um, to do what he's done in this short, short of a window is pretty remarkable. Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com. This portal stuff is going to get crazy, so make sure you get yourself a subscription to goldenblack.com. You can follow Tom. He does a great job of keeping you updated who is in, who they're talking to, who's got the offers. I mean, he always keeps you up to date with that stuff. Uh, he's the best, so make sure you check him out. Tom, it is always a pleasure to talk some football with you. I love doing it, bud. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, buckle up. Have fun with all that portal talk, my friend. Take care, Jared. Be good, buddy. Thanks, bud. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. Hey, I got more Hammer Down Show for you next. A lot to digest there from Tom Deanhart at goldenblack.com. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 the Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. So uh, the one thing I, I probably should have circled back with him, we only have so much time. I got a lot that I want to get to when we you know, have guys like Tom on. But the fact, and we're not saying that that's what's going on, that there's a little-known NCAA rule, apparently. I, I didn't know this. So back in 2017, they passed this. First-year coach can those scholarships for whomever they like. That's crazy. I don't like that at all. But, you know, as, as Tom pointed out there, too, you know, spring football is spring football. Seems like you come through that pretty unscathed, which is nice. Now, quite possibly, the real battle begins. And that's what is going to happen in the transfer portal. I don't think it's really surprising uh, if you follow Tom and and you go read Knucklehead Central and stuff over there, goldenblack.com. I don't think that there is any surprise at the amount of kids they are starting to bring through now. Like it, 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 it's like quantity here, and it's not just for the class. I think that's the genius in bringing in many because what didn't they have like eight quarterbacks in from Indiana last week? It's almost as if the the high school recruiting yes you want to get some of these high school players in but you also kind of want to seed this you want to get those relationships going because if you bring in x amount of players through Purdue football obviously you're not getting everyone right but 
there may come a time in the future somebody hits the portal at a position of need for you. Where are the first places you think they reach out to? The ones that they have existing relationships with or have previous relationships with. It's like when you break up with your girlfriend and the ex just somehow knows and you get that text message, you get that phone call. You just know. But seriously, I mean, look, that, that's the smart thing in, in bringing in that many people who, quite frankly, you know, you're not trying to intimidate. You're not trying to force out saying, hey, listen, if you're not interested, we've got six other guys on the line here. I, I don't think it's like that. I think a lot of it is just relationship building. And if you can bring those guys that have a positive experience, and even if they don't decide to produce the ultimate home, there may come a time where uh, the home they do choose is no longer home, and they're looking for someplace else to go. I mean, that's where they reach out first to what they know. That's the genius of it. I, I do, I get it, but I also hate that the portal gets so many names in it. I, I just... Because there's no guarantee for those kids once they get in there, they're going to find a good landing spot. And I absolutely would hate to see a kid who plays at any college have a scholarship, head to the portal thinking that, hey, something's going to be you know better than what I've got, and then be stuck in that portal with no opportunity. Now I gotta settle for maybe a walk on someplace. I, I would hate to see that. The top talent's always going to be fine. The money's gonna find them and they'll get reeled in. What I worry about is just too many people that maybe overestimate their uh their value and jump in specifically because they think that they're gonna get the dollar off or they're gonna go ahead and, and make the move. So I don't know who's all going to hit. Tom says, don't be surprised if it's a double-digit number. That doesn't mean that that's, you know, a warning light. It just it, This is the new state of college athletics, like it or not. And I know most of you do not. It's hard for me to be against it because I do like having the options for athletes. Because I think when it comes in, in that equation when it's like the schools, the coaches, the athletes. The athletes come in third with the payment. The athletes come in third with the options. Now with the portal, you know, they can make those changes. So you only get your four, you know, and four to grad year. That's that's what you get. Then it's done. It's done forever. I'd like for them to be able to to do it how they feel is is the right way for them. Are there? There's always going to be guys that just they jump just like in the real world jobs. They come in, it's great. They're there a year, boom, they're off to someplace else. Just people to do that. There'll be plenty of people to do that here. In certainly, you can see assistants. Uh, go go look at some assistants uh, resumes. You'll there's. Jumping around to a new college for seven, eight straight years. 
as they try to climb the ladder, it all happens. But let's not freak out here for the rest of the week when you start to see some names. I've already seen one name that I, I'm i a little bit bummed is probably hitting the portal, but it is what it is. If he thinks that this is a better situation for him, and also remember that it's not out of the question for these guys to jump out of the portal and stay right where they're at. That is available to them. But great stuff from Tom talking about the program, talking about Tiller. I love Tiller Tunnel. I think that's going to be great. You feel like this is in a good spot. I know everybody wanted to see this team go out there and perform. We talked about it last week. It's probably not in, probably practicing well. It's probably not close to anything to a uh, polished product. And, you know, it's another reason why we're not out there lining the uh, stands of a stadium, a high school stadium or something like that, to, to watch that team over the weekend. This is what was best. Quite honestly, I'm glad I didn't get stuck out there on the hail. But I think good things on the way for football. You heard the best thing Tom said right there. Coach Walters, that's a guy that gets it. He understands the future. He sees it well. I feel good. Feel real good about football right now. All right, we're going to take another time out. All right, we're going to come back. We'll wrap things up. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. And one here giving us uh, a lot of good stuff. I mean, we're all on Portal Watch now. It's kind of the way that it goes. We're on Portal Watch this month. We are on uh, ED Watch all month of May. I hate this time of the year. I hate it. I feel helpless. You know, sitting around waiting, you know, and... I want kids to have bright futures. I want them to do what they feel is right and uh, what's best for them. So, yeah, 100% on that. But, yeah, part of me is like, uh, I, don't, I can sit and wait. <laughs> I'm not patient. I don't want to be patient. That's the way that it goes. Oh, well. All right, time for uh, some of the things that we may have missed. The SEC is... They've got people proposing this, and it's ridiculous, and it's not going to happen. It's just, it's not. That there is a potential for a new rule in the SEC where that if your team uh, fans storm the field, you would lose a future home game. That seems harsh. That seems ridiculous. That also makes me wonder that that's a loss of revenue, a lot of revenue. Now, if you want to stop something like this from happening, yeah, that's probably about the way that you can do that. But, I mean, how many... That's a lot of extra money for security. And even if your team were to, say, knock off, like, you know, it was like, remember that scene at Tennessee when they beat Georgia? Uh, you're at, I think you're asking for trouble. Because now security is doing everything they can to keep people off that are very intent on getting onto the field. I don't want to see those people get overrun. 
I just, it, that just seems like a stupid rule. And if you're asking how they would decide which game you would lose, it would be the team that you just beat would get an extra home game then uh, in like two years from then. So you'd have to play on the road for three straight years. Harsh punishment. It's harsher than anything else the NCAA ever hands out. So I'm pretty impressed from that point. But let's face it, it's not going to happen. It's just not. You could you could set up a lot of systems and everything in place, but when you've got like, you know, sixty thousand people and a lot of students that are intent on getting on that field after a huge win like that, uh, they're going to do it. And I don't want anybody thinking that they need to take the law in their own hands to try to make this not happen. Some it's just it's tough. It's tough. I don't like it. And there's no way the SEC is going to let a member school lose out on money because fans were were done. It's, just, it's not going to happen. But it was an interesting proposal nonetheless. I mean, think of all the coaches for the recruiting violations. Think of all the stuff that they've ever done. And this is like the most substantial punishment in the history of the SEC if they were going to decide to do that. That'd be insane. Absolutely insane. That's why it's not going to happen. You gotta use your heads. All right, that's gonna do it for us on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Again, big thank you to Tom Deanhart for being on with us. Uh, you can listen to that interview and this whole show at uh, 1017thehammer.com on the 1017 The Hammer Facebook page, uh, on our uh, The Hammer Sports Twitter account. Make sure you give us a follow over there. It's brand new uh, because, well, we lost our old one. Uh, thank you, hackers. Appreciate that. But to make sure you give it a follow. You can listen there. We're also on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts and uh, so many more places for you. So uh, you can always go back and take a listen to uh, all of our episodes right there. So that'll wrap it up for us. We're back again tomorrow, 3 o'clock. We're talking local sports back here on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer.